Hi folks, Curtis Shelburne here, and welcome to the Focus on Faith with Curtis Shelburne podcast. A good place just to be and breathe and hang out for a while as we share some words about life in Christ. And that's all of it, I think. Life, that is. The good, the bad, the fun, the sad, the deepest joys, the toughest sorrows, all of it. I think we're going to have a good time, and I hope you enjoy this. I hope you tell your friends about it, and I hope you keep coming back. This new podcast is, in fact, very new. This is just episode 8 of 8, and I'm really glad you're with us on these next steps on a road that I hope takes us on a long and joyful journey. I do know it will be a better journey because you're here. This episode, episode 8, is called Judge Not, O Ye Masked or Maskless Ones. As I'm recording this, we are still in the midst of a pandemic. We all wish that we knew what the midst of the pandemic was, because if we knew that exactly, if we were in the middle, we'd know that the end was approaching. And right now, there's so much we don't know. If you're listening to this years later, well, give me a call and tell me, will you? I'd sure like to know. I guess I'll know by then, too. But right now, we just don't know how long all this is going to last and what the outcome will be. A lot of good folks are working to help those who have been afflicted with it and to help all of us as we go on in a world where this kind of thing is very much a possibility. And for all of us, it's been difficult. It's been trying. It's been tough to one degree or another. It's been certainly annoying to everybody. It's been a tragedy for some, actually for many. It's been a very difficult time for so many. And so, wow, what a time. And yet, it's a very good time. Some things, you know, we we just need to do at all times. And one of the things that we don't need to do at any time is one of the things I want to talk to you about right now. Now, that was clear as mud, wasn't it? Well, hang on, and we'll talk more about it. As we began a few episodes ago, I just mentioned that I probably should tell you something about myself. And I said, I'm a pastor, a writer, a singer, a record maker, an editor, a copy editor, an audio book narrator, a husband, a father, a grandfather. I love that. And best of all, a child of God. But you know, in this space where I'll usually be making some kind of a little pitch for something probably, I just want to tell you that I'm so thankful that in that description, I am a husband. My wife and I celebrated 45 years of marriage this last weekend. It was a great time. I gave her, well, let me set it up. We had decided to do something a little special. We had decided that we would go to a nearby town and we would do a couple's massage. Now, I've had a massage or two before in a reputable place. And I tell you what, those are incredibly relaxing. In fact, the only problem I found with them, yeah, they're a little pricey, but the only problem I've really found with them is that you almost need to bring a driver along because you're so relaxed when you're heading home. It's almost dangerous. Well, speaking of dangerous, we were trying not to drive dangerously, but in the truck on the way over, we were moving pretty fast. We were listening to an audible book, as we often do when we drive places, and we're kind of engrossed in that and looking forward to a relaxing time, but it wasn't relaxing then. We were moving kind of fast and needing to be careful, but also needing to make some some tracks, get on over there, not be late. And I was just watching the GPS to see the ETA, and it looked to me like we'd shaved a minute or two off of it, and we were probably going to be okay. And I heard a ding, ding. 
And I looked down and I thought, that's not the cell phone. That's not on the audible book on the audio. What is that? And then I looked down at the instrument panel and there was an indicator light on. It said that the thing was not charging. And then just a second later, it started driving poorly. And I looked up and, hey, there's a high temp light on. I should have been watching the gauge earlier and I might have seen that. But anyway, things were kind of going bad. And pretty soon it was driving very poorly. And I looked up and I thought there's a convenience store up there. Maybe I can get up to that spot before we have to stop because we are going to have to stop or we are going to stop whether we want to or not. And I'd rather be, you know, at a place like that than on the side of the road. And then I looked up and realized we're not going to make it to the convenience store. And in a moment of sweet grace, I looked over and saw a sign that said Rick's Auto Repair. And I managed to get off the road and I pulled into the parking lot and there was a car obviously just fixed that was leaving. There was an empty bay and I went in and I met Ricky. Ricky Taylor is one fine guy and he did such a good job. Long story short, he discovered very quickly that it was the water pump that was out. And in another matter of grace, I think, there was a slot open on a Friday, as is almost never the case, and he could get us right in. We had good friends in the town there who came out and picked us up who were, well, have been our good friends forever. Married a month before we were from the same town as my wife and just excellent friends. We spent the day with them, went out to eat, had a great time with them. Ricky called and said the truck was ready and we took off on home. Now, we did call the, the massage folks, and they were very nice and gracious, even though we had canceled with very short notice. And my wife of 45 years, one of the reasons we've stayed married for 45 years, and one of the reasons, amazingly, she stayed married to me for 45 years, is that she seemed relatively content with a water pump for her 45th anniversary. Well, her birthday comes up in a week or so, and maybe I'll do a better job. I sure am going to try, but it was quite an anniversary. 45 years I've been a husband, and I got the best wife in the world. She's beautiful and smart. She's the best pastor's wife in the world, and that is no easy task. She is a municipal judge. She is incredibly capable in her own right. She has been the best mom, the best grandmother, the best wife that you could ever imagine. 45 years. It's been a good run, honey. And I can't thank God enough for you. Love you. And I may decide to pull out all the stops for your upcoming birthday and get you an alternator. Have you ever jumped to judgment? Have you ever judged a person or a situation very quickly and then realized just a little bit later how wrongly you had judged. I guess we've all done that. I remember going to a lecture years and years ago now with one of my older brothers. We were interested in the speaker and the topic, and that might be another story sometime, but we were sitting there in the lecture hall, quiet and cool, mostly quiet, kind of comfortable listening to what was basically a pretty good speech with a couple of glaring idiosyncrasies or idiocies, as I recall now, come to think of it. But behind us, there was a click, 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 click. And it just kind of kept on. 
And it really was a little bit annoying. And my brother was really starting to get pretty dead gum annoyed. And he looked around, and you know how it is. I think he had really intended just to give a withering sort of look. You know, you've you've done that thing too, haven't you? I mean, you've been in a theater where it's clearly posted that you're supposed to turn your cell phones off, but you see this light around you, and it's kind of flashing in the middle of the movie, and somebody behind you is messing with their stupid phone. And if it wasn't dark, you'd try to wither them with a look and see if it worked. Most folks like that are pretty much immune to withering looks. But Gene, I think, had in mind maybe to give the person, whoever it was, a withering look, and he turned around, and, and may I say, I didn't blame him. It was rather annoying. And he turned around, and he quickly was humbled because he realized that that person would never receive a withering look from him and certainly didn't deserve it. A sweet young girl was working the mechanism of her Braille writer because she was blind. She was taking notes, diligently taking notes, and she was blind. Well, you don't judge a person like that harshly for long. In fact, you discern that this is a person not deserving of your antipathy but deserving instead of your respect as they're doing some good stuff, making some good strides in the midst of a very difficult situation, making the best of it and going on and bettering themselves in difficulties that most of us would find incredibly challenging. Yeah, this was an impressive young lady, and she had not meant to bother anyone at all. Well, that kind of thing happens sometimes, doesn't it? We've all done it. We judged and found out that we misjudged. Now, at this point in the podcast, what I anticipate in the future is that I'll throw in a little bit of an ad here. This Focus on Faith podcast brought to you by and talk a little bit about our sponsor. But so far, I'm pretty much the only sponsor, and that's okay. I would like to encourage you to take time to go over to my website sometime, www.curtisshelburn.com. That's Curtis Shelburne, no space, and there's an E on the end of Shelburne, CurtisShelburne.com. If you would, just head over there and take a look sometime and see what you can find there. Among other things, this podcast is available over there on your computer or whatever other device you're using. I assume most of you are listening now with a podcast app, and that's probably the best way. But it is available there, and if you'd like to send someone over there to familiarize themselves with the podcast, that's not a bad way to do it. There's also some music, some books, some other things available there that I really hope you'll take a look at. I think you might enjoy them. And so thank you for visiting my website, and I hope you find something that is of interest to you there. So that's a pretty painless ad, but it's my ad for today from me, my sponsor. And now, let's focus on faith. Sheltering in place. Well, that's the term that we sure have been hearing a lot lately. Just for the record, it might be worth mentioning that sheltering in place is what most of us have not been doing. 
Forgive me, please. I am far too much in love with freedom to turn anyone over to the COVID-19 police. I won't be scowling at you if I meet you pushing your basket the wrong way down the jelly aisle at the supermarket. Have you gotten used to those little arrows yet? About the time I started to get used to them, they removed them from our supermarket. Besides that, I found out pretty quickly that it would probably be me swimming upstream. I seem to be clueless when it comes to noticing arrows on floors. In fact, I'm such a good rule keeper that when I did notice the arrow and realized I was headed the wrong direction, usually I just started walking backwards and going down the same aisle. Seemed to me like it accomplished the same thing. Now, when this all started very early in the thing, you could not expect to see me cast a masked smirk at you if I saw you maskless behind your grocery cart, be calmed in the aisle, not moving in any direction as you ponder in place, wondering whether store brand green beans are as good as Libby's. Pretty much, yes. Or generic peanut butter is as tasty as Peter Pan's. Not even close. In the state where I live, you can still make your own decision about that. At least at that time, you could. We are under some more stringent regulations now, and more of us are wearing masks a lot more of the time. I'm talking about your own decision here in that regard, and the decisions that you have made since then. I'm not talking about peanut butter. So far, I've consistently chosen to take a mask with me every time I've gone to the grocery store. For the first few months of this thing, I chose consistently to keep the mask in my pocket, mostly because we had just had a handful of COVID-19 cases in our county, and half a handful of them had already recovered. I knew then that this could change quickly, and that there was probably a good reason to go ahead and wear a mask in the store, but I guess I was a little bit under the pressure of peer pressure, and I had that mask in my pocket, and I'd walk in the store And I'd look around and I'd kind of see which ones of my friends, you know, might be wearing masks and which ones not. And I just really hate to say that about myself, but I guess I'm pretty much susceptible to peer pressure. The fact is, though, as this situation kept on going, I soon began to wear a mask a little more often. And then in our county, though we have had relatively few cases compared to lots of places, the number of cases began to increase and some of the restrictions and the guidelines that were given in our county and later in our state began to be a little more firm on the mask stuff, I think for very good reason. And I really think our governor's handled this very well on the whole. Uh, That's one man's opinion. He's tried to give some of the different areas in our state, which are very, very different, some freedom to make some of their own decisions up to a point, and I'm really thankful for that. I think that's very wise. But our cases have increased, and so the need to wear the masks more faithfully has increased. And so all of that, you know, going to the store now looks a little different than it did. And now most of the folks that we see in the store in our location, I don't know what yours looks like, are wearing masks. The checkers and the employees there certainly are, and all of that probably is good. It's not fun. I don't like the things, but it's good for us to take care of each other. And Paul did tell us, remember, as Christians, that we're supposed to be basically the best citizens that the land knows of. And I think that pretty much probably kind of covers this. Anyway, that's what we've been doing. Now, early on, we had some more decisions to make. Would I wear a mask in a store in New York City during the first part of all of this? Oh, you bet your booties I would. 
because, wow, look at the number of cases they had and how difficult that was for them at that time. Would I wear a mask early on at a store in a much smaller, less virus-besieged city if everybody else in the store wore a mask? Well, I say with some embarrassment, as I've already said, probably so. And you got to say, I don't think it's all that much virtue at that point. It was probably just peer pressure. We may or may not ever achieve herd immunity in this thing, but if you don't think you're part of a herd, well, just look a little closer. In this strange time, what is a customer saying if he or she walks into a store or a church or an essential business liquor store, masked or maskless, and is not robbing the latter? I mean, What's he saying in a city where no laws are in place about masks, or for that matter, whether you can buy a 32-ounce soda? I'm going to try not to get crazy about that, but I can't imagine living in a city where they tell you whether or not you can buy a 32-ounce soda and putting up with that. In this state, such a mayor would be laughed out of the state at least. I don't know how I would react in some of these situations, neither do you until you get in them. I think, though, that there's one principle that really matters in all of this. It's mattered from the first regarding masks or no masks. It's mattered regarding pretty much everything about this situation, and it matters regarding pretty much everything about our lives. This just happens to be a really good time to try to put this principle into practice. You see, I think we'd be wise to follow what Jesus taught us. He said, Judge not, lest ye be judged. Regarding the masks, now again, you have to filter into your own head whether they're required in your area, whether they're not required, whether they were required, etc. But in so many situations, we didn't know, and we don't know now, if the mask person is sick, medically compromised, Careful, neurotic, wise, scared, smart, smug, self-righteous, considerate, virtue signaling, a wonderful and thoughtful human being, a jerk, or a lot older than the unmasked portion of his or her face looks. And we all know wise medical folks who've told us, here's the evidence thus far, here's what I'd recommend. Part of the problem with all of this surely was that they did the best they could, but they didn't know early on, and we were getting mixed signals. We were not, at first, getting a resounding yes. We were not getting a resounding no. We were getting nothing terribly resounding. And so mask wearers and non-mask wearers were usually best advised, whether they wore a mask or not, to wear some humility. Well, I think the medical evidence has come in a lot stronger since that early time. But you know, wearing some humility is something that should never go out of fashion. It looks good on us. It protects us from an affliction worse than COVID-19 anytime, even as we're busy not sheltering in place. By the way, I'm not the English usage police either. I think I can live with occasionally turning shelter into a verb. But sheltering in place, as I understand it, actually means to stay in the closet until the bullets quit flying, or not sticking your nose out of the storm shelter until the tornado has flown by and the all-clear is given. It must be terribly difficult, but you're not technically sheltering in place 
even if you're going stir-crazy staring at your overpriced and claustrophobia-inducing apartment walls in New York City, but still putting on a mask and emerging occasionally for some useful purpose like buying food or just to take a walk to avoid full-blown psychosis. Now, if you feel a need to tell that to somebody in New York City, I'd suggest you back up because they're not really going to be in the mood for any kind of English usage police regarding sheltering in place. But to borrow a musical metaphor, if you want to be technical about it, sheltering in place is fortissimo and only a few measures long. Stay at home, well, that's forte and can seem like forever. And safer at home is a nuisance and not a storm shelter. It's semi-forte and certainly not normalissimo. Don't look up semi-forte or normalissimo, please. You won't find them. So misuse the term if you want to, but if you start out at isimo, don't blame me if you want to get a lot louder and have already limited your linguistic and musical options. I promise not to call stormtroopers from the EUP, the English Usage Police. I'm about to mask up, I guess. I always do when I mow the yard. I like to sing and preach and do things like that that require a voice, and allergies pretty much prohibit. But as I'm telling you about this, our county's COVID-19 cases have passed two handfuls. The governor now requires a mask at the store, and it seems to make pretty good sense to me at this point. Even if you don't intend to rob the place, wearing a mask there is making a whole lot more sense. But judge not makes the best sense of all in most situations. Stay safe. Well, again, thank you for joining us on this Focus on Faith with Curtis Shelburne podcast. I'm so glad you chose to join us. And I hope you'll come back and spend some time with us again. If you like it, why don't you tell some friends about it? Sure would appreciate it. Have a great day.